If you have your Bible this morning, you can turn to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. What we've been doing on Sundays is going through the life of Christ. We're taking six parts to do that. We're doing that because coming up in the fall with our Bible diggers, both the children and the adult Bible studies, we'll be going through the book of Acts. So we just kind of wanted to be reminded of what happened in Jesus' life. What was so significant about him that it led such a a, a movement, a a revolution that occurred 2,000 years ago and continues to sweep across the globe. And it's even had an effect in this room. What was so significant about this Jewish man who lived in Palestine for 33 years that it would affect you and I so that we would get up on a Sunday morning and give up time to come and meet in his name together? We need to know this guy. We need to know who Jesus is. So we've been looking about how his birth was planned and prophesied, that he came and that he grew up into a man. We saw last week how he entered into ministry. His, His purpose wasn't just to come and be an example. His purpose was to come and to help. His purpose was to come and draw near to people and enter into their struggles in so many ways that he could rescue them and us from struggles. So he saw that last week, how he went and he helped. That's what ministry means. He was serving people and helping them. So this week and next week and the following weeks, we're looking at the different ways in which Jesus ministered. And today we're going to be looking at Jesus's ministry of healing. And I I know that that's something that we read on the pages of Scripture But I also know that it's something still alive and well today. Even earlier, as we were giving praise reports during our prayer time, people said, I want to give God thanks because he's healed so and so or myself regarding this. The Lord is continuing a ministry of healing in our midst. And this is something that Jesus did while he was on earth. It was a part of him going about and helping people. So we're going to be in John chapter four, verse 46. And at this time, Jesus, um, he has been traveling, he's been going from the south of Israel and he's been traveling up through the nation, through Samaria, where he has the interaction with the Samaritan woman, an incredible story. I invite you to read chapter four earlier um, this week, if you can. But he leaves there and goes into the northern region of Galilee. Now, earlier he had been in Galilee. That's where he grew up in a town called Nazareth. But he when he gave his first sign was when he changed water to wine. It was a small town named Cana in Galilee while he was attending a wedding. And so now he's coming back to that region. He's coming back up into Galilee. And that's where we pick up the story in verse 46. It says, so Jesus came again to Cana in Galilee where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to Jesus and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus, as he comes back into that region in verse 45, it says people who were up in Galilee had seen Jesus down in Jerusalem at the feast, which they're all returning from. They had already witnessed the fact that there was a a man in, in his humanity who had something extra about him. There was an authority. There was a power present in him. And he was revealing the fact that he could do supernatural things to people in healing them, casting out demons, all kinds of things. So now that they've all come back up into Galilee, word has traveled about this Jesus. Word has traveled about his changing water to wine. And so this man who's in Capernaum. Now, Capernaum's kind of one of the larger cities that skirted the Sea of Galilee. And that's where this man who had a a power, he was societally uh, ranked. And he was in this big city of Capernaum, but he hears of Jesus. And even though he's in Capernaum, his son 
is on the verge of death. No doubt he had gone to the best doctors he could in Capernaum. No doubt they had done all their their old wives tales about how to how to cure him with home remedies. They had done all sorts of things, but but nothing had helped his son. He needed help. And there was no other place to go get help except from the one whom he had heard about this Jesus. And so he goes, he leaves his big town, he leaves his status and he goes to the little town of Capernaum and he finds Jesus. He needs help. And so in verse 48, Jesus says to him after this man has asked for help. Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. And so as this man comes and asks Jesus for help, Jesus's response is kind of odd because he doesn't say, okay, let me examine him. Or he didn't say immediately he is healed. His first response is, you know what, buddy, unless I do a miracle or a sign, you're not going to believe. There's something that's hindering you. You don't actually understand who I am fully yet. And so this man almost disregards what Jesus says. He says, okay, let's let's leave this spiritual conversation. I need you to come and help my son. I need you to come down before my child dies. And Jesus doesn't come. But he helps. His response is this. He just tells the guy, go. He says, go and your son will live. You know, back in that day, they didn't have any type of information or travel that sped faster than what feet or horse could go. There was no, you know, nowadays, if, if, if you have insurance, usually now we have a crisis hotline. We can jump on a telephone, maybe even on your video screen, and you can get in contact with a nurse or a doctor, and you can be, you can be connected even across distance in a moment. They didn't have anything like that back then. So there's no way Jesus could get it on the nurse hotline and call over to the guy's house. There was no way that he could video in or do some. He just said, go and your son's going to live. Jesus said, by my authority, that son is going to be healed. And it says that the man believed him. And what did the man believe? He believed that Jesus could heal his son. And yet. That was limiting the possibility of believing in Jesus. He believed that he could heal. And that's what we, he had come for. But Jesus, anytime he comes to the miracles of healing or anytime he does any of the other fascinating things he can do, like casting out demons, making lepers clean, taking bread and breaking it and feeding 5,000, the opportunity to do those miracles wasn't just so that they could believe that he could do a magic trick of making more food. It wasn't just so that a blind person could see for a dozen more years. He was taking people through those signs and giving them the opportunity not only to believe in his miracle powers, but in believing who he was. His hope was that they would believe in something more. And so it says here that the man believed him at his word and he went on his way. Verse 51 says, and as he was going, as he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him yesterday at the seventh hour, which would have been about 1 p.m. And the father knew that that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed in all his household. Now, this 
was the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. So this man goes, and while he's going, he's, he's already trusted Jesus that he could heal his son. And so as he's going, the servants meet him and say, your son's healed. He asks what time? They say one o'clock, the exact moment when Jesus said your son will be healed. It says then a second time. The first time he had heard Jesus say, go, your son will live. It says he believed Jesus. But now Jesus has healed him and it takes a second opportunity to say, and now this man believed in Jesus. Jesus wants to take these opportunities to do the miraculous to cause us not only to believe that he can help us in the temporary. He uses the miracles he does in the temporary to extend our belief to believe in his eternal to believe that he can come and do what he needs to do in the heart and soul of a person to cleanse us from our sin, to make us holy, and to live in communion with him for forever. That includes an eternal healing. Jesus' opportunities when he comes into our lives, when we have asked him for healing, isn't just the opportunity to heal from cancer. It's not just the opportunity to heal our flu. It's not just the opportunity to heal the scrapes and the bumps or to provide in different ways. His opportunities when he does those things is to signal to us that we don't just trust him for those things. We can trust him for eternity. He is giving us opportunity to trust his power and authority in the temporary and the eternal. And so this man from Capernaum not only believes that his son can be healed, but now he believes that Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is using the signs to draw people into a belief. What I love about Jesus is he's different than any other medical plan there is. You go to medical plans and insurance options, you take a look at it, and it's for, it's for people who have enough money, or maybe have, in other countries, it's if they have access to go to those places. But what I love about Jesus and the opportunity that he gives for healing and for salvation isn't based on societal things. Whether you're in a small town or a big town, Jesus is willing to help you. Whether you're rich or whether you're poor, Jesus is willing to help you. Whether you're a, a social elite or a social outcast, Jesus knows you need help and he's willing to come and rescue you, work with your family, and he's also willing to save you. And so Jesus cast the wide net of his miracles of healing, his, his ministry there, so that not he would just bring people into physical healing, but so that he could take people of all kinds and bring them salvation. He does that with us all the time. I remember uh, in my own life, I have, I have witnessed God do healing where I know that it's, it's him being helpful for what he's healing me for, but he's also using it for purposes of me trusting him for eternity and also in helping other people hear the gospel. I remember when I was in college, I had a a severe leg injury. Now, I was a basketball player. I'd gotten the injury playing basketball, and um, I would continue to play basketball despite the injury, but the injury had gotten so bad in my leg that when I would play basketball, I would go home, and the injury was so bad, I would end up having to crawl to sleep to my bed. It was awful. For a year and a half, I had this injury. I went to the doctors. They didn't know what was happening. I'd go to the sports trainers because I played Basketball in college, they didn't know what to do about it. They would do all these methods and it would just temporarily, but they could not fix my leg. And so it was in the summertime, I got a phone call from an old basketball coach. And, and this basketball coach, Coach Don, he said, hey, Jason, 
I'm leading the basketball team of, uh, uh, of, of Christians on a mission trip down to Central America. We had some players drop out. We'd love to have you go. The trip is paid. All you need to do is get on the plane and come with us. And I said, Coach, that'd be awesome, but I, I can't hardly walk, especially after I play. I don't know how I would get on buses and do all that. He said, well, pray about it. Let me know. So my mom and I, we prayed about it. She said, hey, Jason, if, if Jesus wants you to go on this trip, he's going to heal your leg. So we prayed about it. I, I knew Jesus wanted me to go. I got on the plane, and never again have I felt that injury to my leg. Jesus healed me. And that has always been something that I've held with me to know that Jesus cares for me. He used the ministry of healing my leg to also bring me to a place of trusting him, not just temporarily, but eternally. It made me trust him more as my savior. But not only that, I think about all the people that I had contact with in Central America, in Guatemala, in El Salvador, who heard the gospel from my lips. And and we had that opportunity to share Jesus for an eternal purpose there. That wouldn't have happened if I couldn't have walked. He was using it to share the gospel. He does that in so many ways. Some of the healings that he does, it's, you know, I was talking to a friend this week and we were talking about Jesus' ministry of healing. We were talking about how in the States right now, because of all of our sciences and medical things, that it's easy just to kind of pass it off and say, well, the medication's going to do it or the transplant's going to do it. In fact, I was just reading this morning that they're getting to a place with, with transplants and things. They're now able to to 3D print body parts, and then using, uh, they found that they can actually, almost like an inkjet printer, print human cells onto these things, and they're working on being able to attach them and install them in people. I mean, that's incredible. But what my friend said was this, it was, but God is the one who still works on the cellular level. He is still the one that has to place life in those cells. He's still the one that has to take your body and bind it together. And so our medicines and all these things are are assisting in this process. But it's Jesus who continues to hold our bodies together. In fact, the scripture says that it's Jesus by his powerful word that holds the entire universe together, including you. And so God is still busy at work healing our bodies and some of the things he's done to help us in our healing have happened not just today but think about miss judy Keene, who's in the hospital right now here she is with leukemia and the doctors told her we'll be able to go through a, a better course of treatment if you have the philadelphia chromosome now when did jesus make the philadelphia chromosome to miss judy because she's got it way back when she was conceived, right? That's something that comes, I'm not a doctor. Anybody who's medical, chromosomes are from the get-go, right? That's right, which means Jesus knew that he would be helping Miss Judy before she was ever born. And I love that Miss Judy is receiving that healing because as she and Billy and her sons, and as you go up to visit her, those are opportunities where suddenly nurses are coming in that room and doctors are coming in that room and people are visiting and they're witnessing God working in her life. And they get to see that this isn't just about some medical healing. Something's happened in that woman and that man. And I want to know who Jesus is. It blows up into something very eternal that God had planned before she was ever born. God, through the scriptures, healed people and he healed people and he healed people in order to deliver us to this 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 message of knowing that we need eternal help. Why? Because even the people that Jesus healed during life 
they all at some point entered a grave. The reality is you and I, everybody sitting right here, we will one day enter a grave. Your family may be calling Alan Roberts one day saying, we need your help. The Lord, as he does these things, while we're alive, he's doing that to say that while this tent of a body, it is wearing away and time is short, I am telling you that I will forgive you. I'm telling you that I have the ministry of help where I will heal you for eternity. And on that day when I return, I will call you home and you will no longer be stuck in that body that will break down, needs healing. I will have healed you for all of eternity. I'm going to bring you a new body. That'll be the ultimate healing that we read in Malachi chapter 4 when it says that those who fear in the Lord will receive healing from his wings. I can't wait for that day. That'll be the ultimate healing. And all these things that Jesus is doing is pointed to that. Jesus is so good in his ministry of healing. My mom and my brother, they both had celiac disease, which is the one where you can't eat gluten, which is the one where you can't eat anything that's delicious, really. Uh, You can't eat anything that has flour in it, bread, or anything like that. So you can't eat pizza regularly. You can't eat hamburgers regularly, crackers, cookies. It's all. And so they struggled with that. This was before it was a fad. It was difficult to get gluten-free type stuff. And so um, they both had it. And um, one day at their church, um, the pastor was preaching about Jesus and his healing. And he got done with the service at the end of the sermon. And he said this. He said, you know, we talk about this a lot. But we never actually stop and have like a, a moment to have people come and have specific prayer for healing. So I'm just going to right now ask for people, if you want healing, to come forward. We're going to pray for you. And so my mom and my brother got up and they both went down and they asked for prayer to be healed from celiac disease. My brother, from that day on, has never had celiac. He was blood tested before and blood tested after. He had it before and he doesn't have it anymore. He eats pizza and hamburgers and crackers and cookies. He loves it. My mom, for one month, she could eat gluten. And then suddenly it was back. And she struggled with that, wondering, God, I'm with... I've witnessed, I've witnessed the healing you've done in my son, and I even got to experience the joy of eating gluten for a month. But why? Why has my body reverted back to being gluten intolerant? She doesn't have all the answers to why. But what has occurred in her still having the celiac disease is this. Over the years when she didn't have restaurants that would serve gluten-free. She didn't have stores that would sell gluten-free stuff. She came up with all of her own recipes. And so now she actually has cooking classes for gluten-free people. And in those classes, she has these opportunities not only to share uh, recipes that can help there. It's a ministry. But she also has the opportunity to share Jesus where it blows that thing up into being more than just about baking gluten-free buns. It's about coming into contact with Jesus Christ who wants to help them for eternity. And so God, for my brother, for some reason, healed him so that that would be an eternal sign. But then he also limited my mom and said, for this time temporarily in this body, I want you to still have celiac disease so that you can continue your ministry. God knows the wise. But all these things are pointing to the who? Jesus. Jesus. And so I want to close that same way. We've got 
some time. We've got an opportunity. We talk about Jesus and his healing ministry. We've got, we've got him. He said, come and ask in my name for anything you need. And so we're going to take that opportunity too, as we've seen Jesus in our scripture heal this leader's son. And we're going to invite you this morning to come and have prayer for healing. If you have something going on, I, I, I'm going to invite you to come. And if that's not something you want to do this morning, I'm not going to twist your arm to do it, but I want to make it available to you that we would, we would pray for you and pray for healing. I'm just going to ask you to line up here, and I'm going to ask the deacons, if they would, to come and help pray over people. We're going to pray over people one at a time. And we're going to take the opportunity to stand in the presence of the same Jesus who stood in the presence of this man from Capernaum and said, go, your son's going to live, and we're going to trust him. And we're going to pray that his supernatural healing would occur in you. And we're going to pray that his supernatural help would occur in your heart so you would trust him for all of eternity. Because that's his goal. That's his goal. So I'm going to pray right now. And then what I'm going to do is invite you to come. And, and I'm going to ask Sue or Alan, one of you two, if you want to, to tinkle the keys over here a little bit just as we pray. Uh, you can decide which one of you might want to do that. But... Um, let me pray, and then I'm going to ask the deacons to come, and then also I'm going to ask anybody who wants prayer just to come and line up over here. And if you need to sit down, you're welcome to sit on the front seat. And if you're not able to walk and we're all done and you raise your hand, we're going to come to you and we're going to pray. Well, let's, let's pray now, and then, and then we're going to ask Jesus for healing today. Father, we just thank you that you sent your son. You looked at a world desperate for help, uh, not only in our bodies in need of healing, but you looked at our souls and knew that they were wrecked. And so you sent your son to, to heal all these people by placing his hands on them, commanding them, and by his authority to, to be healed. And then by that very same power and authority, the scripture says that he laid down his life for us and had himself sacrificed so that we could be healed in our hearts. And then he raised up from the dead to give us the assurance that this is not a temporary healing, that there is one day when he will come and he will call out from the grave those who have put their trust in him. And so, Lord, today as we come and we ask for maybe physical, temporary healing, Lord, we pray also that you would be doing a work on our hearts, that our, 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 our gaze would be drawn to Jesus and we would trust him more with everything in our lives, certainly our whole eternity. And so we give this time over to you. Help us to believe. Give us faith, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so deacons, if you'd please come forward. And if, if this is an opportunity that you would like prayer for healing, I want to invite you down uh, and, and just line up. And, um, and we'd like to pray for you today. As we're praying over people, if, if you want to, you're welcome to pray 